Craft Beer Radio, episode 208 on March 15th, 2012. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where we're going to tart it up a little bit in today's Brewery Tart Edition. Yeah, we're almost through Gary's uh, The Brewery Beers. After these three, we only have two left, and they're... Uh, big ones that are sellerable, so I'm not sure we really want to drink those right away. We got uh, some uh, Black Tuesday and mm, Black Tuesday. I forget what the other one is. It's, it's in the cellar already. It's some some big oaky thing, I think. But you know, it's another one that'll be aged for quite a while. Even though most of these could have been aged, yes. but we don't want to let such a thing happen. That would be unfair to to us, to you, especially us. Yeah. Uh, we're going with, yeah, what I thought we were going with. Mischief Gone Wild. This is, their regular Mischief is a, uh, hoppy Belgian-style golden strong, uh, with 8.5% alcohol by volume, 35 IBUs. This is Mischief on Brett. Yep, yep. Botanomyces. I figure the other ones are tart right. and sour, and this one is Brett, so we should probably do this one first. Mischief is best enjoyed fresh. Until then, please store in a cool, dark... It looks like that's the... looks like they just kind of stuck the Gone Wild on, because this doesn't mention anything about... About the bread The so. version, yeah. Drink so, it at 45 degrees Fahrenheit. Or 7 degrees Celsius. So, it says with bread and ice, you don't know whether it's... All fermented with red manises or bottle conditioned with, yeah. you know, could I would think probably fermented with, you know, that just seems to be the way they do things. But yeah, it could have been bottle conditioned with, or um, they could have just had like a picture of Britannomyces in front of the keg, right? It's got this big white rocky head, and yeah. it's got a it says SRM 5, which is a pretty light yellowish golden yeah. color, super clear. Uh, definitely see your fingerprints through the glass. A lot of a lot of nice hoppy coming through. I see. Yeah. The main thing I smelled was this hoppy continental hops. You know, well, you spicy. Just, that's definitely aroma. there too. But I was picking out. Okay. You know, I was going. I was going right for the Brett. Yeah, I mean, I see the Brett wasn't my first. You know, primary thing was smells like you know, almost like one of those imperial pills. As you know, where you got that ton of zots in there. You remember who had that uh, run BMC. Um, last earlier in the week was that yeah this past show we did that one or was that two shows ago? Uh, yeah, it was that last show. Yeah, last show. So something kind of like that, but this one is more definitely spicy. Where the Run BMC had a little more juiciness to it, a little more fruitiness. Now I'm smelling something a little bready. Right? It's let me try to figure out what words I want to use on it. It's kind of. Cottage cheesy, maybe, um, <clears throat> or, uh, or 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 rindy, cheese rindy, cheese rindy. That that's good. Um, there's a little bit of like a, a wet leather type smell in there, but it's it's not it's not it's not a perfect description. I'm not super happy with that. Let me see if I can dial it in a little bit more. Yeah, I'm thinking like a like a stinky cheese, like maybe a stinky. Blue, and mm-hmm. a little bit of that aroma from if you had if it was a rinded blue, you'd get a lot of this. I think. Yeah, yeah. 
there's something a little moldy going on there where you know either it's a blue cheese with the penicillin mold or i want see this again i'm not happy with this one i'm thinking like you know wet newspaper but that 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 conjures up much more potent and gross thoughts than what i'm smelling yeah so i don't have anything that nails it Now I'm smelling a little bit of, and it's kind of like first I smelled the hops, then I smelled this Brett character. Now I'm smelling a little bit of a combine of two, and it's kind of a like a minty herbal something. You know, I also got in the aroma. Yeah, yeah. Um, interesting thing going on in in the flavor. Um, oh yeah, a little cantaloupe. Yeah, big hop, big fruity hop flavor of some sort. Cantaloupe. Hmm. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. Trying to to pin it down. So there's this um some tart cherry type flavor in there. Yeah, there, there's there's a there's a lot of, of of interesting things going on and the bread is adding some some sort of weird tangents to it. So it's it's flying off in all these different directions. I, I you know, I had this cantaloupe thing at first and now it's kind of orangey and there's bits of um Bits of like bitter melon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something, something citrusy or citrus slash melony going on. I think it's the hop flavor that's doing a lot of that. Yeah. You know, playing with the malts and maybe some of the bread tannomyces. Um, but yeah, it's uh, there's there's tart cherry flavor in there. Like I said, there's a bunch of You've stuff. Maybe a little kiwi in there. There's. Hints of some strawberry. There's there's lots of mm-hmm. interesting stuff going on. The, the the background the the malt is kind of uh, is kind of this sharp. Um, hmm. It's it's not contorting to to many breads that I can think of. It's it's sort of a it's kind of a sharp doughy flavor. And. The yeah, the, the hops are, are still contributing mm-hmm. some of that spicy hit. Mm-hmm. There's a pepperiness there. There's a yeah. It's a combination of something like um, oh, I don't know, not really grains of paradise, but maybe something like between that and the white pepper. And then there's also a little bit of, I don't want to say that, it almost reminds me of kind of the the burning sour you get from like a, a Limburger or something like that. Mm. That little burn you get, like a burning sour you get. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's sort of... Uh, lactic? Is that is, is that cheese going lactic on I'm it? I'm not or? sure. I, I honestly don't know how Limburger is made, so... Well, I, you know, I also have I have some mozzarella in the fridge. It's it's starting to dry out and get old, and that has that's starting to take on some of that character, like a Limburger does. So I'm wondering if it's like lactic acid buildup or something like that. Maybe. Hmm. You can make mozzarella at home, you know. I know. It's a little bit messy. Yeah, 
if I want to make cheese at home, I want to make, you know, stuff that's hard to make. I want to make, yeah. you know, a really awesome cheddar or a blue cheese or something like that. I don't want to make, you know, mozzarella. Well, but th- where are you going to store a cheddar? That's the thing. That's why you can't make it. That's why it's difficult to make at home. You need a cave or something. Yeah, you need some place that gets pretty cold, not damp, and um, will stay that way for a long time. Yeah, yeah, so... The kind of cheeses I would want to make that I'd be happy with making are the ones that are difficult to make. Yeah, you can make like paneer, easy. Yeah, I'll get some goat milk. I could, you know, doing a shiv or something that'd be easy, probably easy to make, and I'd enjoy the flavors there, you know. But you know, I'd make mozzarella to what? Put it on pizza, and that's about it, you know. Which I guess is a worthy noble yeah. product, noble ambition, but or put it on bruschetta or something like that, you know. Yeah. And I'm sure it will taste better than the stuff you get at the store. Just if just because it's your own blood, sweat, and tears involved, just like beer you make, right? Right. That's good. So we just started receiving some uh, stuff about savor. Oh yeah, I saw the press release. I didn't have time to read it yet. Yeah. Anything? Um, I mean, it's it's the same deal going on as last time. I I believe. I mean the. the the, the parts that I, I recalled seeing where they're going to again have the artisan cheese place and again have the oyster bar. Nice. Those are, those are nice. Those are very nice. Yeah, because they have a very nice selection of cheeses. Uh-huh. And you can just walk up and grab, you know, their $30 pound cheese and you can grab a couple wedges, crumbles, slices, whatever of it. and you know, However many times you want. Yeah. I mean, you can spend the whole time chowing down on cheese if you so desire. I would... Hate to be with you, you know. Is there anything you are hoping to see done better from last year? Because I think, if I remember right, I thought they did a very good job last year. I think they pretty much dialed it in. Yeah, they they got it down so much better because, you know, there were problems with the food before in terms of... um, Maybe, maybe, you know, it'd be fun to... I don't think it's necessary, but it'd be fun to step up the catering a notch, right? To make the food a little more special. But maybe that's just because we've been there and we're kind of jaded right we're the jaded media so just because yeah. the food I, th- I think the food was fine you know and, and they kept it out there mm-hmm. they didn't um there was not a, a loss of of food yeah. which there had been in, in like the first or and second one yeah they, like i said they really got the logistics down and doesn't seem like they're they're changing much this year is it is it bigger did you catch that i didn't but i can take a look at the uh, at the press release yeah, if yeah, you want to stall for a second well we can start the next beer and you can work on pulling okay. that up I'm going to wash his glasses out because... Yeah, I think it's wise. <laughs> I don't know if the Brett will carry. It will. Happened again. Oh, stop him. knocking my uh... headphones out. All right, so here's the media advisory. The advisory sounds like, you know, warning, warning. <laughs> Looks like there are two sessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friday, June eighth, and Saturday, June 9th, seven thirty to eleven. It's one hundred twenty dollars per ticket. Limit of four tickets per customer. They go quick, so they start. They start for sale on April third. Um, available, I guess, online. You go to savercraftbeer.com. Uh, at ten o'clock Mountain Time is when it is when they start be online. 
you'll probably have 10 minutes before they're sold out. Yeah, I think I, I don't know for Saver if they do some kind of pre-order thing. There is uh, a limited supply of Saver pre-sale tickets will be available exclusively to American Homebrew Association and Brewers Association members. Yeah. So that's how they sell it out in 10 minutes. A lot of them are pre-ordered. Um, and yeah, if you're a if you're a member of the AHA or H Homebrew or the um, the, the, the Brewers Association, um, probably want to do that to get your better chance of uh, nailing those tickets down. There are less supporting partners this time than there have been in the past. Just Abita, Amagang, Dogfish Head, Sam Adams, and and that's it. Those are, those are breweries and craftbeer.com, mm-hmm. which is part of the Brewers Association, right? So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but those are the, those are the partners. They're supporting breweries. Allagash Boulevard, Brooklyn, Devil's Backbone, etc. Yeah, so you got the the guys right in the middle at the big table. You know, those are the first ones Craig ordered. Then, you know, probably radiating out from that, you'll have the the, the partners and and then yeah, the, and then that, the lottery. Don't, don't forget there's a lottery, right? So for people that don't remember how Saver works, or you know, haven't been listening to us since you know since last time, they it, it's really neat in the fact that. All these breweries can apply to go to Saver, and they have a lottery to fill them out. So, like, we were kind of skeptical the first... I was skeptical, I don't want to put word in Greg's mouth, that they would have a Saver and not invite some of the rock stars. And, you know, in year two, year three, there were certain breweries missing that you wouldn't expect to be missing, so they definitely... Stone's an example, right? Oh, Stone missing? Uh, Stone wasn't there uh, of last one, I know that. Um... I mean, yeah. You, you can if if you're a supporting brewery, then you're going to be there. Well, that's it. If you don't win the lottery, you could always pony up some cash to get right. it too. So, but uh, so there will be another collaboration beer. We'll be giving out this time. This time between Boulevard and Sierra Nevada. Oh, sweet! So that'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. So last year they did the Saver Flowers with Boston Beer Company and Dogfish Head. Yeah. Very cool. All right, so uh, we got the old. Tart, or Oud Tart here. Ooh. Flemish style red ale, aged in oak barrels. Unfiltered bottle conditioned. Where's my information? I lost it. That's okay. They just tell you what the beer tastes like underneath that. Uh, drink at 55 degrees. Or cellar at 55, drink at 50. And the suitable for aging. Beer is, um, looks like a, I mean, it's, you know, Flanders red, so it's brown, red, like, the beer looks brown, but, like, the light shining through it hitting my hand is definitely red. Okay, here we go. 7.5% alcohol by volume, 15 IBUs, 16 on the SRM scale, so yeah. Pretty dark, but not quite black, reddish, um... Mm, <laughs> Above that, they have the information for Black Tuesday. Guess what the SRMs are? Thousand. Yeah, one hundred plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's viscous. It's it's opaque. So it's the aroma on this guy. You get what you think from a Flanders Red. So you get a little bit of. Um, uh, you know what? I'm I'm smelling less of a Flanders Red and more of a uh, out brown, right. which is I guess is where the oud. I mean. Maybe yeah, it could be, you know, it's it's a that's that sweet tart type thing. So you got some, you know, some acidicness, you know, acetic acid. Then you have also have a pretty sweet sugary um, type thing on the aroma there. Yeah, the leathery is actually stronger here than it was in the in the Brett 
in the mischief Brett beer. Mm. You drink it, it's tart. It's acidic. Asian red wine barrels for 18 months, so... Mm-hmm. It has a wonderful body to it. Nice and nice and thick. Tart. If you're not careful, you might <coughs> cough or clear your throat a little bit because it definitely sends the... Um, I don't know what that is. It's not really gag reflex, but it's like, the, hey, it's, it's something's very acidic in my throat. Are we sure we want to be drinking this? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Very deep grape. And uh, you're right about the, the Brett coming through here because it's not just what you taste when you normally taste a Flanders. Where uh, I'm drawing a blank now. So Flanders are typically. What's the yes. main. Yeah, how? Why am I drawing a blank all of a sudden? Because the beer is so good. The, 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 the Flanders um, has, an ase- has a little bit of an acetic quality and it, it's kind of cherryish. Uh, or or blackberry or something along those lines, mm-hmm. um, and it's uh, it, it's it's a little bit sweeter. But this has a little bit more of a of, of a leathery character yeah, to it. Yeah. So it's it's earthy. It's got this slight earthy quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of just being this. Um, you know, think of a, a, your traditional Flanders red, like a Rodenbach or, or even the um, New Belgium La Folie as being tart and sweet. So, you know, imagine some, you know, wild red cherries giving you a lot of the tartness. But, you know, it's just mostly fruit. There's nothing um, earthy about it. Where this one has that earthy character or leathery character, uh, which gives it a little bit... Um, I don't want to describe that. I mean, it's definitely a different dimension that you than you normally get in a. Well, at the style. risk of being punny, it 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 grounds it. Um, <laughs> it it helps keep it from becoming too overpowering in terms of the sourness, uh, while at the same time giving it a little bit of an extra dimension of flavor that that I really do enjoy. Yeah, it's it's unusual. I'm still not used to it because you taste the front and you get all this big acidity. And you expect to swallow, and it turn. I expect it to turn mostly sweet. You know that's what I'm conditioned to do with these kind of beers. And this leatheriness drives through, so it, it's like, whoa, you know, surprise. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not bad, but I'm not sure. You know, my my I think my personal preference might be to you know, not be not be so leathery there. But I mean, it's good. But I, I think I, my personal preference might be the other way around. I actually kind of. I mean. I see what you're saying in that all things considered, would this be better without that? I don't know if you'd get the same quality of, mm-hmm. of, of the flavor without that extra thing. But if you could just take out that little piece, would it maybe be better? I, maybe. Mike, to Mike is sweet, you know, too yeah. sweet. You know, um, like when you have Lawfully. Actually, the biggest problem with Lawfully is how acidic it is, right? Because if you drink yeah. a bunch of that, it like starts to eat away at your cheek linings, and your mouth feels raw mm-hmm. and, towards and, the end of a and bottle of And you may wake up in the middle of the night going, oh, my stomach. <laughs> this, you know, it, it, it tempers the sourness with, with this earthiness, with this uh, almost kind of like truffliness, this, you know, this, this big mushroomy 
dank mushroomy quality. That, that might be a very good way to put it. Unfortunately, I can... I don't think I've ever had a truffle. I can't recall having a truffle. But yeah, for some reason, what I'm tasting is what I imagine a truffle would be like. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, a, it's an assertive, earthy quality that has uh, a lot of, of kind of texture to the flavor. Mm-hmm. There, there's a there, there's a range of kind of flavors you're getting from it. It's not singular, and it crosses. And you can see how if you were to pull this particular part of it, then that would be kind of gross. And if you mm-hmm. pull this particular part of it, that would be kind of gross. But altogether, it kind of melds and it makes this really interesting and, and flavorful mush. <laughs> <laughs> I think we call that harmony, not mush. Yeah, I kind of like mush. <laughs> Because it's less of it, it's not a harmony. Um, harmony is very uh, is, is ultimately right. extremely pleasing, right? Okay. And this is more. There's still things going on that you're not quite. You're never quite totally sure about. But you still like it. <laughs> so it's a mush. Gotcha. A mush. New term. That'll replace man candy, the mush. We haven't had that one in a while. We're going to have to pull out some crazy uh, sweet IPAs and see if we can get some more man candy on the show. <laughs> Flemish style, Flemish red ale. Hmm. They don't come like that very often, do they? No, no. It's definitely not like the rest of their family, for sure. I mean, when I say their family, their family's not the right term because you think the brewery beers are their family. Uh, yeah, it's not like, you know, the Rodenbachs and the mm. Waffleys and, um, you know, the Duchesses and things like that. It's good. I, I enjoyed it. I'm just trying to think, you know, I think I'd really have to do them side by side and, and see how they fit, you know, and which one I prefer. And if nothing else, these two shows are example of how breweries just trying crazy out there things. Well, trying and doing, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, Old Tart has been one of the, one they've been making... You know, ever since probably, I think, day one. Don't, don't forget the brewery is only like four yeah. or five years old. They're not a very old brewery. All right. So last beer of the night is from their provision series. is Tart of Darkness. It's a stout, only 5% alcohol. Then they threw it in oak barrels and added a special brand of souring bacteria and yeast. 5% alcohol by volume. Sour stout, huh? Barrel aged sour stout. <laughs> this, I have one of those every day. Yeah. This is dark as night. There are no highlights to speak of. This is um, not much of a head, big bubbles, but very little head, tan. Yeah, it's very lacy, lacy head, uh, mostly air. Hmm. The the aroma is is aged this guy for up to three years. Store in a cool, dry place, fifty degrees for serving. The aroma is mostly kind of a roasted barleyish flavor. Okay, so they use bourbon barrels for this one. Uh oh. <laughs> Jeff and I know what happens in bourbon barrels is occasionally they leave a little bit of bourbon behind. 
and so it gets mixed in. Not always. Not always. It's only 5% alcohol by volume, so probably not a lot. Mm-hmm. So I uh, started smelling, and I was smelling the mostly the, the souring, right? And it's, it smells breaded, breaded also. You know, that's been a real... Uh, Real, you know, trend of all the bread stuff. You I'm know, just getting mostly roast off of it. Actually. But then I, the roast came in the end, and uh, so it was. It was a nice play back and forth. Definitely an unusual aroma. Not, again, not things you normally get together. You know. Ooh, that's tart. <laughs> Doesn't smell like that at all. Whoa. Whoa. That's almost like a. It's almost like uh Imagine a chocolate covered cherry, but instead of instead of a sweet, you know, maraschino cherry, you know, think of a, a very tart Michigan cherry. Yeah, like I, a chocolate covered Michigan cherry. I took a nice big sip of that, and uh, I was shocked by just you know, it was it was like I was you know, had a shot of lemon juice with my beer. Yeah, it did not smell that tart at all. No, it's called tart of darkness though. There's this surrounding. Um, Surrounding it, a, a relatively dark stout I can taste in the middle, but mm-hmm. surrounding it is this big, lemony tartness. There's definitely a journey when you sip this one. Take the first sip, tart. Tastes a lot like the last one. It, it has this this tart, Flanders-y type sourness. Then it gets roasty on you. Chocolatey and roasty. See, this doesn't have the mushroom, though. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have the earthiness so yeah. much. This yeah. is more like the Flanders that you might expect. Yeah. In terms of the sourness. Yeah, you're right. And then very late, you get this kind of cocoa powdery like type, type finish. Like, yeah, it's, it's very this, dry, cocoa-y. This middle roastiness stuff that's... Um, you almost want to taste that stout without <laughs> the tartness. Because <laughs> it tastes like there's a good stout under there, but the tartness is... Whoa! It's, it's big time... Uh, on top of this this is one of the provisions series so this is again one of their one-offs or at least very limited editions this is yeah they say it's a one-time only release uh wow (laughs) yeah you know the irony is if you're looking for a more flandersy type beer this would probably fit the bill a little bit more than their out dart (laughs) Mm -hmm. no you're right I mean it has a lot more the tartness is very in line with what you expect from that family of beers, from a Flanders Red. But it has that extra chocolate, you know, to it, which is... The more I drink it, the less I notice the chocolate. But it, it's a nice nuance to it. If you're blindfolded, I don't, I'm not sure you even would have picked out the chocolate. No. No, you, you, you have to search for it. It's there. Maybe the first sip you would have been like, there's something weird going on, but you might not have been able to put words to it. Because, I mean, it tastes so much like a Flanders Red. So the the, the tartness is, is a very acetic in quality. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got this strong, um, strong grape wine vinegar mm-hmm. flavor. Like I said, I do think there's an interesting stout underneath it, but it's it's so overwhelmed by the tartness that it's it's hard to it's hard to find. There's certain aspects that do shine through. I mean, it's a little bit of a you know, you know what the stout kind of tastes like a little bit of a aftertaste of like Rocky Road ice cream. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost like the... Because there's a little marshmallow, a little bit of chocolate, and a little right, bit a little of... nutty or something. Yeah. Yeah, there's certain things that shine through, but yeah, it's dominated by the, uh, the tartness. That's pretty cool. It's, it's... <laughs> I like Fun. it. I mean, I can't complain. I like what this beer brings. Oh, yeah. I like it a lot. But it's it's it, it's it's sort of... It, it's weird that they could have just brewed a regular... You know, they could have not had the stout part and had this, the salary stuff, and, and there wouldn't be that much of a difference, I don't think. I mean, if you use the normal Flanders-type malt milk. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, you would have lost a little bit of that cocoa chocolate thing. Um you know what I love about this beer? It's 5% ABV. Yeah. You, it's basically sessionable, right? And it, and if you do, you know, um, uh, particles of flavor versus, you know, percent of alcohol, you know, this one is one of the winningest beers I can think of. I mean, yeah. It's, it brings it and doesn't bring the intoxication. That's true. Although, I mean, how, is, a, is a Flanders really all that... Uh, they're not super high, but I mean, I don't know if they're all the way down to 5.0. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, some of the sour beers, you know, like Lambics. Lambics are, can be 3-4%, right. right? They bring the flavor, too. So it, it's that whole souring character, but yeah. It definitely brings the flavor without bringing the drunk. Very interesting. Berliner Weiss or another one, right, where the sour brings right, the flavor yeah. and not the alcohol. So that that's one way to extract a lot of flavors. Well, you know, four years ago I was saying I, I want I wanted to see sour beers. That's what you know. That's what I wanted to see, and mm-hmm. and the brewing world stepped up for the challenge. Yeah, it really has become. I mean, not every. It, it's not like it's not like you can go to to the to. Uh, you know, one of the distributors and get a case of sour beer. You still can't do that, but you can, you know, get off the shelves a bottle or two of a sour beer from close to every everyone now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not super prevalent, but I mean, if you go search it out, you know, go to the breweries that make it, you can get it. You know, I mean, there's, I mean, because like this one's a provisions, right? So you have to go there. The uh, the old tart, you know, you can probably get around their distribution area. Mm-hmm. Because um, I know that's one of their bigger, bigger releases, and you know the mischief. Uh, you know, being a gone wild, I don't know the, the distribution size on that one. You want to rank these puppies? Yeah. Uh, you went for it last time, so I'll go first this time. Uh, it's uh, not the easiest ranking in the world. But uh, let's see if I can do my best. So I'm going to go with the uh, the Tire of Darkness number one. I think it was just the most pleasing of them all. It had the... Uh, th- it still has, because we still have it, mm-hmm. this, uh, this this stout nature underneath this big tart stuff. But it's really the, the most Flandersy of the bunch, and, and uh, we are... I, I am, at least, still a big sourhead. Um, and it's got... The, the most pleasing sourness of them all, I think. Uh, next would be the, the Ode Tart. It has a really interesting kind of mushroomy, almost truffle nature to it, I think. 
and it's you know to you should be wary of that if you're going to get it mm-hmm. because it's uh, it's a little different than you might expect, but pretty dang good. Yeah, I mean we're just mentioning that it is different. We're yeah. I'm not complaining about it. No, not at all. Um, these are all very all three really good beers, mm-hmm. and the mischief. Um, it's just you know it, it's a little a hard luck loser this time because it it was good. It had. You know, I, I liked the the melony stuff that was coming through. Uh, I I liked what was going on there. It was it was hard to to get to get at everything because it was very interesting. It was a lot going on. Sure. All right, I agree with you on the first one. The tart of darkness, very good. Um, you know, think you know, top notch Flanders red with a little chocolate. You know, something going on. Really uh, interesting twist on it. You know, I'll, I'll I'll twist. I'll mix it up a little bit here. Let me put. They're all very close. Let me put the mischief number two because I wanted to explore that melony, the the hoppy flavor. You know, uh, a little bit more. And you know, I'll put the old tart as the hard luck loser. Uh, you know, I compared to Flanders Reds without that Brett character. You know, I I think it has a has a little bit of a handicap. So. Um, I'll put it there just so we can, uh, and and you know, part of it is just so we can mix up the rankings just to show how close they all are, because <laughs> they're all wonderful beers. They really are. This is um, sort of a dream combination to have lots of great tart beers coming from just the same brewery makes all these great tart beers. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, Gary Frank, for all these wonderful brewery beers. Thank you, Patrick Rue, for. Opening up a brewery that makes all these wonderful beers. Thank and you, listeners, for listening to our show. Not getting, giving us hate mail for rubbing it in your faces that we get to drink <laughs> all these wonderful beers. <laughs> we will see you again next time, and we promise there will not be a brewery beer in the bunch. There won't. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah, the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get a longer fuse. Some people's shoulders are big enough for the abuse. They never say what you can